I am Michael Thomas, and in this episode, we're going to be doing a bit of a review, seeing that it is September 11, on the 9-11 scenario, the aftermath, and just looking back in retrospect on what has been done and what has happened now to some, you know, some of the issues that surround 9-11, some of the beliefs, some of the myth. And I'm Karen Spishendale. And from we are from the people's, we are from the people's voices, and we will be discussing 9/11. Just to take a trip down memory lane, what 9/11 is, if you're not too sure, at this point in time, just haven't heard about it, which I think most of us would have. But anyway, so what 9/11 is was the day in uh, September 11, 2001, where uh, two terrorists hijacked hijacked two planes and they crashed into the twin towers. By some time in midday, I think both buildings just went down and collapsed. And during that process, a lot of people lost their lives, many dead, many injured, or many just scorned in memory as a day that they won't forget. Not because, and well, because it wasn't a good day. It was a terrible day, and I'm sure a lot of us won't forget that. Whether we were in New York, witnessed it firsthand, or saw it through the news like uh, CNN, it was a day I don't think any of us will forget. Just to reflect upon what I known, I was about five years old at the time. Truth is, I don't have much memory of that day. What I do remember is the TV was on, on CNN. I do have some flashback about, about the pictures I saw. Two planes are crashing, the burning towers. That's uh, as far as I can recall. Again, I was only a child, so in uh, taking a trip back to memory lane, I probably won't remember all things. Now I hand over to my friend Michael here, who will tell you about what he remembers for that day. Well, that morning in question, I have a small window cleaning business, which I um, had been attending to diligently. So I was at Adelaide, I believe it's Adelaide and King doing a, a big bar. I can't remember the name of the bar, but it was a bar that had to be, the windows had to be cleaned before opening time, which means that let's say they opened at 11, that window had to be spotless before 11 o'clock. So I was making sure that happened by quarter to nine. I was already slugging away at the windows down there and having a coffee or whatever. And the owner of the bar called me and he said, Mike, did you see that? And I'm going, see what? I'm, man, I don't, I, I don't watch movies in the day, man. He, you know, it's morning, you're looking at movies. <laughs> he said, no, come here, come. And I looked at the TV again. I told him, I said, I don't watch movies. I'm cleaning the windows. <laughs> so he started laughing. He said, Mike, this isn't a movie. This is happening now. He said, there are, some, there are somebody's flying planes into buildings in America. And I put down the squeegee and whatever else I had in my hand, and I took a closer look, and I realized, well, this ain't a movie because people, this among the people that I see running helter-skelter, plus like some of them were like jumping out of, I don't know, 100 and whatever story buildings that's a hell of a stuntman right there. <laughs> <laughs> and the more I looked at it is the more I'm going like, this, if this is a movie, this is a really, really bad one. And you know, over the process of the morning, the radio, the TV, every place you turn, you, you, you turn in Toronto here were like um, people, well, first of all, I think after the plane started to hit the building, and people realized what was happening in Toronto here. Work was over for everybody as we know it. 
And like the school was too. Yeah, there wasn't any any school, any work. There were just people all over the streets trying to get home. They didn't want to stay in the streets because you don't know, you know, if that was a bad movie coming to theater near you. So no, you didn't <laughs> want to be in the streets. You were trying to get home by every means necessary. And the, the place, you know, the place was a zoo, first of all. And then later on in the day, it became a ghost town where, you know, if you came out the streets, there wasn't much people on the streets because people were scared. Let's face it, if you could fly planes into those kinds of buildings, what else can you do? And it, it wasn't just the towers that they attacked. I think they attacked the Pentagon too. They, they crashed a plane into it or something like that. And, you know, there, there were mass ramifications. I mean, a lot of fatalities because these two towers had people of all walks of life and denomination working in them. So at the end of the day, I, if my memory served me right, I think the death toll was in the thousands from those plane crashes and stuff. And then you, you had the political aspect of it to deal with the, um, the whodunit case. Just before you get into that, when did you realize that okay, he wasn't showing you a movie, that those were the Twin Towers you were seeing? Did you realize quickly after or sometime after? No, it took a while. I stood there looking at the TV. I, I still had my doubts. I think he was pulling a prank on me. Right. So I said, okay, if you want me to watch a movie now, I'm going to give you some shit. I want to see what, what kind of stupid movie is that. <laughs> so, and, and the more I look, is the more I realize I ain't never seen a movie like this. This is a bad movie. <laughs> and, you know, hearing the screams, that wasn't acting. Like, you know, you can hear the, the people who were passing or running, and the pace they were running at was not a joking pace. <laughs> it, so after a while, when it dawned on me, I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I, I better start getting out of here quickly too because I don't know what's next. Did you realize those were the towers? Yeah, I realized that was the... Um, well, I didn't realize that it was a tower because, but I know that what those buildings were in America. I seen them yes. already, but the word towers never came to mind. It's just like or World the, Trade Center, I, as they I, were known as. I call them skyscrapers. <laughs> so I'm going like these two skyscrapers, like they're going down, because I think one was already hit and breaking apart. By that point, I think, or I'm making guesses here, both planes would have probably crashed by the time. Maybe your friend showed you, or whoever you... Who was he again? Um, he was the owner. He's a Greek guy. He okay. owned, he owned so two restaurants, one on the Danforth and one downtown. So before the owner even showed you, or after he showed you, that might already been the scenario, scenario you were looking at. Yeah. Like I say, it was just... He was probably was around nine, so I think what, he, what we saw when he was screaming to me to come and see this, I think that was when the first plane hit. And while I, I, you know, I got into it and started to watch the place, the second plane hit. And, you know, everybody, you know, people, people were just like, you, you're looking at this and still can't believe that this is happening. Yes. And it, for me, it took about by midday, so it really sunk in that this is really a bad situation. That this is really real and yeah. something is happening. Because I've never seen anything like that in my life. So going back to the question you asked of who done it, what's next? What were you thinking next? Well, I don't know. Like I said, um, the, the political pundits and, you know, they all started to come on CNN, of course, and, you know, 
then the the the, the notion start going around that you know it was a, it was an attack from the Middle East and and things like that. But I myself could not have fathom who done that. I don't know. This to me was like I don't know who who is gonna do that. What's your motive for doing something? In your eyes, it was just a day with a random attack, as far as you know. Yeah, because I know assassins usually go after politicians or specific targets. But when you're going to target a building that has this amount of people in it, just trying to get a paycheck, you know, I don't know what's your motive. And a building, not only a building, but a building with 100 floors. Yeah. Like Two buildings, for that matter. Like I said, they were they weren't like that. That wasn't like a political attack. You could say they tried to assassinate a leader or whatever. That's different. So I I had no clue who was behind that until days and days. Then the news started to unfold, and eventually they put on the jacket on Osama bin Laden. They say he's he's a man. He was the man behind it. Yeah, behind yeah. behind the the attack because yeah, I've heard that name growing up on many occasions. Like I said, I don't have much memory on uh, what happened that day, even though I might witness some of it via TV. But I think after like 17 years in the present time now, in a way it has done me now. Only to realize, okay, what really happened that day, what I'm really, you know, people are taking a trip down memory lane when they speak about it. And kind of like all the lies that are lost. And like all the evil that kind of came out of it, well, did, that did came out of it. Sometimes, even as a man of faith, I question and I wonder what is in God's plan that this had to happen or any bad thing. But specifically, since we're talking about the why that had to happen, why these many people lost their lives, or those who got destroyed and st- are still living, or those who may have came out, that, out of that place and you thought they went into a military base. But no, maybe part of the lake was bombed off or who knows exactly what. And, and that's gruesome stuff, it is. And it is scary. Even as a young person, I didn't see that stuff on TV that day, and I don't think they got any footage of it anyway, but I'm just saying, like, it dawns on you. And here we are 17 years after, only for me to realize kind of the truth that came out of that. I mean, the truth that came out, out of that day. And it's like, I don't even know what to say sometimes. And I was like, I just looked to God, hoping I could get some sort of answer or some sort of comfort from it. And when you hear something like that, or people talk about it, kind of back in it, taking a, what did I say, a strong memory lane, so people might just jump in and say, oh, there is no God, or why did your God allow this to happen? Truth is, we may never know, and I myself won't know. But in life, you got to believe something. And I choose to believe that God is here. He may not control all bad things. He may not them stop it. And, he may, and the most terrible things even we can't imagine will happen. Fortunately, I think that is just a way for us to deal with life, to remember the true joy that comes from life. Because we're talking 17 years after. For those guys who are still living and breathing and are here today, who knows the hell they went through, back and forth, and how they managed to find some sort of happiness in the world again. And I'm sure that 100% either. They're going to have those days, and a day like today, they may break down and remember, this is the day I lost a friend, a family member, a wife, a sister, a brother, girlfriend, aunt, you, you name it, it's never-ending. And all because of what? Of someone who tried to prove or try to take down a government system? Truth is, I don't know the answer to that either, but I'm just kind of spitting out my own thoughts here. But going back to when you found out about the revelation of, uh, who did you say it was? Osama, how do you say his name again? Osama bin Laden. So going back to the revelation, what sort of, I guess, reactions were coming out of people? Well, a lot of people like me, I would, I would guess, were, were like 
still trying to figure out who and what the hell is Osama bin Laden. Because that, that wasn't a name that was big on anybody's agenda. When I say anybody, street people's agenda. Probably to politicians and those in conflict with um, the Middle East or whatever, they would have known who he was. But to the ordinary Joe on the street, Osama bin Laden was like, he's like, who is that? What is that? But then, as, like I said, as time unfolded and the news became you know, more and more structured, at least that was the news, not structured or wrong, but that was the news 24-7. Then, you know, the, the biography and the profile of this guy started, you know, it started being in your face 24-7. People started to take notice and said, well, you know, probably this has been a guy that America has had problems with for a long time and wasn't saying anything. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Was it true that they trained him to fight, help fight in some military war or something? Then he turned on them? Well, or is that just a rumor I'm hearing? I, I wouldn't say it's a rumor. The thing with America is, even with Saddam Hussein, America was friends with Saddam Hussein. They were friends with Muammar Gaddafi. Right. And in some instances, or somewhere along the line, when friends becomes enemies, then you know there's a serious problem because if that friend's got your secret. And I think that's the case with a lot of these type of issues. Because um, from what I have learned, Osama bin Laden had ties with America to some degree. They knew who he was, and I would think he even was in America. I think they say he was educated in some parts of America. I don't know what it was, but he, he, he was familiar with American society. He didn't just get up one morning and decided he wanted to bomb the World Trade Center. Since you mentioned that, I don't think it was, you know, let's go in the moment and attack USA. Who knows how long it could have been planned for or in his mind or who even knew about it. Something like that. In other words, his followers. Something like that take what? Takes planning. Some some guys may even wait 20 years till a day arrives. Who knows exactly what? And I do believe there there was that type of planning involved in that because. I believe so too. To get, I mean, getting on on a plane and redirecting it, there is one thing, but. And hijacking them. Watching the way these towers were taken down, that, that took strategy. That wasn't just, we're going to do that today. All right, take a year of planning, that's yeah. more years. Yeah, that, that, that was something I do believe that was planned and executed, you know, executed in a, in a what? With a lot of precision, that's the word. It's kind of like when you owe the gang of money, and they were shooting down regardless what bystanders yep. were there. Yes, it's like a drive-by. You don't really care who gets shot once you get the person sitting on the block. Who, anybody else gets shot is collateral damage. And what's even more crazy, in the process, you know you're going to kill yourself as well. Yeah. So that, that was an ugly day in history, and still is. Whenever you reflect on that day, it, you know, it, it, it brings back ugly memories. Because up to now, there are people who are unaccounted for from that morning. When I say unaccounted for, they know they died, but they, they haven't, you know, they can't even get any parts, any remains of them, anything. Or they destructive just, was so violent. Yeah, they just went the morning and never came back. That's they never it. showed up. They never phoned again. So you yeah. know they went up in smoke. Yeah, I once read this book. It was based on the 9-11, but I think the story might have been fiction. I'm not too sure. But in the story, this young brother and young sister visit the father at the Twin Tower. The same morning, they, they, they go down in flames. And, like, I guess he tries to save his father, even though as injured as this guy is. But 
he's traumatized by the end of the story. He's traumatized because not only couldn't he not be able to save his father, but I think he hit when his sister witnessed the collapse of the building when they both went down. When was that, though? During midday of that day? When they both just collapsed down? Yeah, it was some, well, I mean, the building got hit in the morning, but a building of that structure and size would take some time before the the cornerstone, so to speak, of it started to shake. Yeah, and they well, both when, went yeah, down. When, when there I was enough fire that. and enough burning out after a time, the, the pillars of the building couldn't take the heat or whatever anymore, and it started to crumble, in, you know, and, and crumbling in a big way. And that's, that's when some people who, let's say the building was hit in the middle and there were some people on top, even though they could not get to the bottom, they weren't under that kind of a stress because they weren't feeling that kind of heat, I would guess. I don't know. But when they realized the building probably started to rock and to crumble, that's when the jumping out of the windows, I guess, started to take place. Imagine jumping out 200 stories in the air, 150. That, that, and you don't know what's on the ground to even save you. That's a death sentence right there that you gave yourself to. But that goes to show how desperate. Of course. And they realized the real danger they were in. And sometimes it wasn't just the building shaking. I would estimate it was the heat that they were feeling in there. Because remember well, that heat. building was cooking. Yeah, take, for example, you take a marshmallow, throw some fire on it. It's going to get softer and mushier. Yeah. And that's kind of the same idea of this with plain of what fuel happened. burning in and around that building, you imagine the plain kind of fuel heat. and whatever else. Yeah, went straight into that. So some of the people felt, you know, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna be cooked in here anyway. Am they figure, you know what? Yeah. If I die, I go down yeah. before dying, yeah. or if I somehow make it out of that. If that even did happen. But like I said, I would imagine that for a lot of people up to this day. That was a horrible experience and brings back a lot of horrible memories. And it surely will. But I think one of the biggest things that came out of this is, do you know if it, what was his religion again? Was he Muslim or what was? Yeah, he, he, uh, yeah it's the religion of... Okay, of well, for Muslim or if he wasn't that, whatever he may have been. Anyway. Islam. Islamic? It's, so it's Muslim, Islamic. It's okay. Muslim, the religion was oh, is Muslim, it? yeah. Okay, so uh, the thing that happened with, with the Muslim um, religion is like, does it, after this attack, a taboo came out. It's like, all of a sudden you see a brown person who's Muslim, you start to run your direction. Or you throw your hands up and say, don't shoot me. Or they would have been the fathers who had these long beards, and they felt the shame of it, so they shaved it right off. But the thing is, there's a whole other side that happened to these people in that religion that we don't know about, even I don't know about. The only reason I actually kind of know about this is because I did a lot of surfing on Twitter, or there was a piece of time I did, and I see these tweets. People wrote, people wrote, there was a hashtag called after 9-11. A lot of people wrote, some of them said after 9-11, my father shaved his beard. But these two people assaulted him because they thought he was loaded with a gun or something. Or I think the students got teased of wearing his, he was wearing something religion, religious, I mean, I don't know what it was, but he got bullied, he got very bullied about it. And stuff like that. So while I'm saying, because the thing is, you got to realize, every walk of life, every religion, there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. We cannot all of a sudden blame the religion for what happened. This was one bad guy, or one guy who made some bad, really bad decisions, and tore well, apart many lives. Speaking of that, um, the, the Arab and Muslim community disowned for lack of a better word, was Osama bin Laden publicly because, like you say, there was such backlash that they, they, they came 
on media, social media, wherever, to make it known that yes, they're Arab, yes, they're Muslim, but they had nothing to do with that and they don't want their name be associated with him. Because and that kind of crime has nothing to do with Islam. And that was part of the problem. Some people weren't willing to look past it or look beyond it or forget the fact that, okay, this is the one guy. He does not represent that religion or yeah. walk of life or faith or whatever you want to call it. And I can understand. Well, actually, no, I don't understand. But what I can say is this part really kind of touches me and makes sense to me because I know what it's like to walk around and be judged. By all means, though, this has, my disability is way, it's like a tiny mouse compared to that gigantic incident. So, like, in a way, like, I feel for these people who are being just judged based on their skin or they may, you know, put on a certain sort of costume and something they are comfortable with, but they took it down because well, of that sort of identity problem, I guess. The bashing of the, the Islamic people and Muslims in general, it's basically stupidity on the part of whoever is doing it because or however you, you have to remember that Muslims and Islam with Islamic culture has been in North America for decades and they never, you know, they never took down anybody Twin Towers or anything like that. So when something like that happened, you have to get to the root of the matter and not go bashing any Muslim or any Arab. You see, that's ignorance. And stupidity, as yep, you say. big time. Osama bin Laden doesn't speak for every Muslim and every Islamic person on the face of the earth. So when I heard there were, you know, all this Muslim backlash and thing, I... Ignorance is one and a good dose of racism too. There are some people, you know, it's like things happen and they use it as an opportunity to, to, for lack of a better word, to mess up people that they already hate. That's the way I see it. Because if somebody broke, open to my, broke, broke into my house and steal my TV, and let's just say they found out he was an Indian guy, I can get a baseball bat and go beating every Indian guy I meet. It's one guy that stole my TV. <laughs> So right there, that's stupidity. Um, I think it's more than stupidity. It's like, yes. yeah. what part of, okay, this is one person followed by, I guess, a bunch of different followers, I should say, that did that. Not the entire religion, yeah. not the entire country, not the entire society, or not, for that matter, not the entire world either. Yes. That's like saying, okay, you go to the, I don't know, you go to the store with your friends, one of your friends decides to rob a chocolate bar. And he, he didn't tell anybody, he's with you. And you all get accused for robbing that. You, you didn't even know about it, so how could you say such a thing? That's it. Or if that friend never told you, okay, I robbed his bar or something. That's it. I don't ask how do you think compared to what we're talking about, but the idea stands. You cannot blame a group or one person for a bigger picture, or blame a bigger picture for something smaller. And believe it or not, a lot of, a lot of um, ramifications that came out of 9-11 race ramifications still exist today. And that's how many yeah. years? 17, 17 years, years after. after the fact. 17 years today, to There are still people who would meet Muslim or Arabic people in the streets and try attacking them, and that's where their mentality is, like you're responsible for that. So, I mean, that, there has to be an underlying problem besides just, you know, for a phobia. Yes. Yeah. And I went to an art show a few weeks ago where uh, this person spoke about the Islamic culture. I don't quite remember her name, but she kind of opened my eyes to like, not the stuff I didn't know, the stuff I kind of had, hadn't thought of in a while or even heard anyone talk about. She's talking about the fear like of is, is, oh, is how do you say it? ISO. Is, ISIS. Islam, Islam. 
Islamophobia, is that it? Oh, yeah, Islamophobia. There you go. So she was talking about the idea of Islamophobia, or people who just run away because as soon as they see you, they make these random stereotypes or suggestions or really some really stupidity stuff. She kind of opened my eyes again because I haven't thought of this stuff in a while, or I just haven't been around, I guess, where I've heard that too much. And it, not to say that it's gone, I just haven't been around those places where I've kind of heard people bashing other people because of thing, things like these. But she opened my eyes and me realized this is a problem that never quite ended and it still exists today. You're looking at, what, 17 years after? Almost 20 years even. Yeah. And yet there's, how should I say, a bunch of people who just can't look past this or just, they will continue blaming the entire society for that. Like I say, there are people who use things as a stepping stone to do things they couldn't otherwise have done and justified. So they would wait until something happened and do things to people or, or you know, create situations where they, they, they feel justified with their actions. But beneath all of that, that's things that they had in mind to do long ago. They just couldn't find a fair enough excuse to do it. It's like the schoolyard bully who wants to beat you, but you haven't crossed his part yet. No. <laughs> or you've been hiding from the past. Yeah. But as soon as you, you, you cross his path, you're going to get beaten down. He's just waiting for an opportunity. And that's what that is. A lot of opportunistic behavior by people. So the bashing of Arab and Muslim people, it's, it's no coincidence. And it has no bearing on 9-11. There are just haters around. And these haters has got to be dealt with and called out on their actions. And they're just stirring well, that, up the that drama. That has nothing to do with democracy. And they're just stirring up the dra unnecessary drama, might I add. Of course. To the drama that is already there, that's real, that's filled with evil, might I add. And we know how evil that attack was. That alone is happening anywhere else in the world, whatever famous, iconic place that may or may not be. And if you take a look, I guess, since then to where we are now, there's been so many attacks, so many bombings, so many bad things. What I can say is that Something like that, it takes a toll on you. For example, if you're someone who was working at World Trade Center Tower, whatever for may or may not be, you you're, you probably like you wouldn't witness it firsthand. Or some people happen to be away that day, you were saved. Because of fortune, everybody was saved. And the thing about that is like, make your peace with people. Because you don't know when tomorrow, or if you make it to tomorrow as a matter, or if you make it to the night of tomorrow, and so forth. None of us do, and none of us will. It's just the way it is. So, like, stop all this craziness. Stop blaming each other, or stop repeating the history that's not necessary. Learn from it, yes. Help each other, yes. And people who just want to carry out evil, well, may they face the consequences that's, that's going to be going after them. And for those who are trying to be pure of heart, it's not too late to start. Or if you are that now, continue. Go all the way. Help other people. And I've heard that they've been trying to rebuild the towers. Is that true or not? Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to call it the towers anymore. But I, what, I, what they made there was um, a monument with, with the names of all the people who died and the firefighters and you name it. Oh, so they, yeah, at they, New York they, Times Square. They, they, they made something there. I don't know if there's a structure there or something that they, they come up with with the names of everything to be, yeah. To be remembered. Yeah, my mom took a trip to uh, New York a few years ago. From what she said, it looks like a downhill kind of thing. And like, there's a wall set up with these names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, or however they exactly kind of carried it, it out. And that's the memorial site right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not too. Far, I don't think it's too far from the actual pl- well, place it, it happened now, right? It is said that Osama bin Laden wanted to send America a message in their wallets, so he chose the financial towers. And likely the biggest buildings, yeah, probably in the states. He chose he chose the towers to to send them that message that you know. Well, it was certainly an eye opener for everyone. Yep, definitely. You sent your message, and I think we pretty much got it. It wasn't just any building he wanted to take down. He had um he had a strategic plan. Yeah, because that was not child's play at all. No, that was the no. bigger game, and retaliating for who knows what reason, and carried it out. You gotta wonder though, the people who entered the planes and hijacked it, was anyone suspicious of it or what? Or were they even on the tail before the actual thing happened? See, these are just scenarios, who knows, but well, you, you and I would never You gotta know. wonder though, yeah. You and I would never know because whenever there is investigations, governments are never forthcoming with the answer. Or the story dies on and we don't yeah. know the rest of it. Yeah. The people who know know and the people who don't don't. Or if you know halfway, that's as yeah, far as you know they, too. They, they say whatever they want you to believe. They never like give you the inside story. There are people who would know the inside story. Unfortunately, you and I are not those people. <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely try to see who we can come across though. Yeah, well. Or even those who witness that, get them, if they're comfortable to speak about it, to speak on what they thought and sort of like where life is at now for them. Something along those lines. Because I'm sure it was the only people who live there. For all we know, there are probably a lot of visitors around there at the same time. Or if any of them were in the tower, then fortunately that was the end of vacation, I guess. Well, if that's was, the scenario well, we're there looking were at. There were a lot of innocent, when I say innocent, I mean all the people that got killed, they were innocent because I don't believe they have any dealings to do with Osama Bin Laden. But there were people, the correct word is people who probably would not have been in that building, who went there probably to visit somebody that morning. People who swap shifts with other people who work there is like... Oh, who just didn't show up that day, that morning, I should say. And you call the night before and say, well, Mike, could you do my shift for me? And I needed the money. Yeah. Yeah, there there were those, you know, there were all kinds of people there who had no plans to be there that day, but just was there. Yeah, and unfortunately, who's gone now? You can't undo it and try to save them. Maybe Maybe some of them did try to get the heck out of there, save themselves. Or if they had any well, children there, or there whatever. Were, there were escapees from there, I guess, and it has it, it probably was those on the I I would guess the lower levels. Yeah, I would guess on the first five or six floors. Somewhere that'll probably yeah, be my we, guess we, too. We could run down some stairs quickly and leave. Just just break out into a run and you know and yeah. leave. You have five floors, you can do that. Because the, the building was not hit from the bottom, it was hit from the middle. Yeah, middle ish. So like those are the yeah. top. Stairs and elevators are probably yeah. knocked right off. The, those at, at, the, at the extreme top were trapped. Hence the uh, jumping out. Yeah, and, and, it, and after a while with the fire, even those a few floors down from the middle probably got barbecued. And that was it. Yeah, but like I said, probably people on the fir- from the first to the fifth floor could, could have probably escaped. That's if they knew what was happening. Because you had to leave that building pretty quick. Or if you're one of those person who, as soon as you heard something, kind of crashed. Yeah. You probably didn't know, but you realize, okay, I'm going to hear what exactly is happening here. Yeah, but even though you were 15, 16 stories in the air, with the impact of that plane, I would guess those elevators weren't working anymore. And the stairs were probably knocked right off. Yeah, so, I mean, escape from where? To go where? Hence the jumping out, as we yeah. see in the footages. Yeah. And a lot did because jump out. With all that smoke, even though there were stairs... 
how do you know where they are? You you had to be like have the blueprint of that building to find that among the stairs to get out of there. And you didn't. And oh. even in the documentaries I've seen, the show the people trap and no escape for them. Yeah. And there might have been a few times to show the window stuff jumping out. I guess for those who did jump, because again we don't know. Well, none of us know. But for those who did jump, jumped. For those who kind of who didn't, fortunately that one been the last sort of breaths for them. I guess. Before the building totally went, before the boat totally went down. Yeah, that's that's a horror, like a horror movie in reality, man. I could probably see what you thought it was a movie at first, and you realized, okay, this ain't a movie. Shaky footage and all that. Yeah, because when he started talking about, you know, what's happening, I'm I'm going like, what is happening? That was the furthest thing from my mind. So again, and that would be everyone's reaction. What is happening here? September 11, 2001 would go down in history and is down in history as one of the most horrible days in America and in for the world too because, you know, there are a lot of people, I mean, it happened in America, but family is a network and family is worldwide. Exactly. So there, there were people, I would guess, from Germany, from Italy, from the Caribbean who had families who went down in that tower. As I said, it's a worldwide effect because different types of people were there, visiting, living. Maybe they already lived there because of work. Maybe family visit, a friend. A lot of people went down. And from what I heard on the news this morning, it's an estimation, or at least the bodies that were recovered, I guess. It was roughly 3,000. And that's only the 3,000 accounted for. Maybe there were those who just were not identifiable after all that mass destruction. Obviously, that's why I say and there up, was. To, up to now, there are a lot of people unaccounted for who, I mean, once you do the math right, if they disappeared from that morning around that area, you know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, they just, you know, there's no trace. In another documentary, I didn't quite watch it, but I seen like parts of it. It was a bit more graphic. They, 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 they did that on purpose to give you an idea, okay, what really went down that day, or how to kind of portray it in a realistic view. And this guy came across a half-beaten guy, or a lady, I can't remember. But yeah, their bones were showing. That's how bad it was. Hmm. And I think the crazy part was they might have been somewhat alive in that scene. Yeah. You go through all that, you still park you alive. That's crazy right there. It's a horrible way to die because if, if you are being cooked, that, that, that can't be easy by no stretch of the imagination, the amount of heat. Yeah, don't try to imagine that. Yeah. That amount of heat and you have nowhere to run. So you're just there waiting to be fried. Waiting for the last breaths to yeah. get out get out of your system. And then this is pretty graphic stuff. But unfortunately, things like these happen, whether an incident like that or someone on the job exposed to a bad chemical. Things fortunately will happen. Remember flesh is not, you know, impenetrable. what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like Superman steel then, I guess. It will be penetrated at some point. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But at some point, something breaks the skin down and we start bleeding or something along those lines. Yeah, because we're looking at 17 years. 17 years went by. And that's like a big... In a way, it's a big thing because you take, we're, we're still all talking about it, reflecting on it. Hopefully for better changes to, you know, to... Not just in the States or New York, New York to begin with, but everywhere in the world. And a lot of, um, a lot of travel 
restrictions and you know extra extra waiting time to get through airports and a, a lot of problems arises as a result of 9-11 a lot of problems traveling became a nightmare you have to be searched upside down every time and, from and still there is no guarantee no the yeah. politicians or security whoever military they could never guarantee that that would not happen again because just as how nobody knew it was going to happen is is the same that can happen tomorrow morning again in another country you have no control over i mean you could have security from here to hell things like that happen and anybody who is going to be telling you oh you know we have this in place and that in place that's a joke when people, it could be in place. It could be in place, but when people really want nothing. to do things, they get it done. Yes. Yep. That's a fact. And so. following that event and many other on the news, the evidence is clearly right there. People have ways of getting things accomplished. Oh, yeah. And some really bad accomplishments were had, but they do it anyway. And the sad thing about it is that the people who work on these devious plans, they work harder than the people who work on good plans. That's, that is kind of sad, yes. Evidence has shown that. Yeah, because you're putting in more work rather than, a, yeah. say, you're a lazy teenager who's going to sit down eating potato chips. Well, ain't much no work to that. They probably had months of sleepless days and nights putting that together. That's a and lot that's of the work. crazy thing, though. When you're trying to do something bad where you just yeah. try to use some sort of cheat, cheat way, it requires more work and effort. But you don't realize that because you're trying to take a shortcut on that. Yeah. And that's kind of like what happened. It shows you the dedication that goes into these type of things. So, like I said, and there's no guarantee. Nobody can guarantee that that wouldn't happen again. So, It goes to show though, how they managed to get through those systems on the plane quietly. And who knows what did the pilot just to hijack it right away. The hijack happened probably not long after, shot right into the buildings. One of the things you have to bear in mind is no matter how tight your security system is, or no matter what you have in place, it was put in place by human beings, and human beings can crack the code. And we ain't perfect either. That's it. While we're on the subject of, I guess, being scared and fear and that sort of thing, it, it's a lot to take on anyone. And all of us, I'm sure, are scared of something, or we fear something, or something that just kind of sparks a fear in control. And yeah, in that rate, you want to stay home and just stare at your four walls at a comfortable rate. A lot of us would like to do that, or maybe not like to, but a lot of us want to because the world out there is scary. But at the same time, as much as that fear is there, we can't let it stop us. Because life goes on, and it goes on. Some of us go on to who knows what, or what we end up doing, but life goes on at some point. And you know, it's tough to go on with it when you realize this world is scary, I don't want this happening again. And the aftermath of what came out of that situation it will go on for generations. Whether or not they actually rebuild that, but it will go on for generations for sure. And that's like the crazy thing is like some of us were joining children. Or if you were a child there and you saw it right in front of your face, that's traumatizing a bit. And if you know you weren't in the building and saw it collapsing right in front of you, it leaves a mark on you all right, and it will. And when you're a child, say of maybe five years or something along those ages, your brain does not have enough capacity to even understand what just happened there or to even run through it and say maybe you're 20 21 25 now even 
I mean, you know, you're now when you begin to deal with what really happened, because you just couldn't handle it, or you're at the point in life where it's like it's really got you on the back. So you really need to sit down and talk about it. I think for me, it's more like after 17 years, I'm really, really realizing okay, what took place that day, what it was, all the evil, and even though this was an evil thing, I guess all the hearts that came together out of this scenario and just try to help each other. So like that's where I see after 17 years of, I guess, being here now. There's good, there's bad, but focus on the good and just somehow we'll make it through. Well said, Mr. Bishendal, well said. Otherwise, Big Brother Love. Yep. And I choose that name because this is what I choose to go, go that route in life. More love, less hate, or at all, no hate. If that, well not if, but when possible, do it. And there's going to be hate because we're humans. It doesn't matter how you handle that hate, who you likely take it out on, which probably isn't a good idea, but it can happen. Again, we're not perfect either. So if these things happen to you, let them happen. If you accidentally kind of, you know, mouth off with a person, not because you wanted to, but because the emotions of such such a situation, let it happen. But I think we all know when, you know, things like that go too far, we start cursing out on people and whatnot. But then the, that's a different book. What I am saying is, handle it. If you need someone to help you handle it, go ahead. If you're a follower of God, pray. By all means, I would pray for you and still hope for the best for you. In fact, I think we should take a moment of silence before we, uh, I guess, wrap it up. But any more thoughts, Michael? Though? Well, my thoughts on the reflections that we have in today on 9-11 is I would like to see more peace in the world, and that doesn't come overnight. That comes with respect and tolerance for everybody on the planet. You cannot have peace unless you have justice. Because wherever there's injustice, you're going to have problems. So, let's, all of us should have a little, more, a little bit more respect and tolerance for each other. And with that in mind, we'd be striving to make the world a better place. I am Michael Thomas. So if you've been directly impacted or just want to share your story about 9-11, email us at thepeoplesvoices at gmail.com. Again, thepeoplesvoices at gmail.com. Oh, no, correction. The People's Voice is to at, at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at our handle at The People's Voice is to. Just before we go, we'd like to take a small uh, um, a moment of silence for those, for everyone who was impacted by that. So just bear with us while we give a brief moment of silence. Okay, so this has been another edition of The People's Voices with uh, Big Brother Love, myself, Terrence Spishundel, and Michael Thomas. Until then, please do take care of yourself.